Yo, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, TDLPC, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Self-Aware and Unfair Podcast. I have a very, very special guest this week. Um, I cannot wait for her to be able to tell about her journey towards becoming the District 2 City Councilwoman in LaGrange. Um, she's going to be sharing a lot about the platform that she's running on, and I know a lot of you guys probably are familiar with her. She is a homegrown LaGrange native. She is an activist within the community as well as within the education system. System. So I am grateful to have her here on the show today to talk about the mental health conditions in True County and the things that she wants to be able to do within LaGrange and the city of um, in the county of True County as a whole. So without further ado, please welcome to the Self-Aware and Epta podcast, Maya Dial. Hey, Maya, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me, Tree. I appreciate your time and giving me the opportunity. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you so much for taking time. I definitely appreciate sure. you wanting to share with people about what you're doing as far as running for city um, councilman in LaGrange and what you really want to be able to do in the platform, especially the mental health, because, you know, I'm really passionate right. about that aspect of it. So we'll go ahead and get started with just having you tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I would like to say hello, LaGrange and other surrounding areas, as well as your audience tree. I am Maya Dowell. I am a 38-year-old native of LaGrange, Georgia. I'm homegrown, home and baked, what I always like to say. Um, (laughs) I am running for District 2 City Councilwoman. I have lived in District 2 all my life. I know District 2 like the back of my hand, Warren Temple, First Baptist Church, St. Paul. Okay, St. Paul. You know, hello, (laughs) old ship, you know. Yes. (laughs) But um, uh, like I've always said, District 2 is my home. That's my hood. Um, Mm -hmm. But District 2 is struggling to advance more um, I guess advance quicker than the other district in our city. Um, we do have a lot of things that are developing within the last couple of years, you know, with leadership and change that we've had in our community. So that is a plus on our end of district two, but we want a little bit more. We want a little extra. We want a little bit razzle and dazzle. So I feel like I'm here to represent that new leadership to bring the, bring those things to fruition for our district. Awesome. Well, definitely. I I appreciate um, the enthusiasm that you have for running as well as the passion that you have for doing what you do. Thank you. So that's it's so amazing. Definitely to see a young BIPOC woman wanting to um, ensure that you're giving back to your district, the district that you were born and raised. in. I think that that's absolutely amazing. So I'm curious to know. um, I know that you're from there, but is there anything else that led you to want to represent District 2? I have previously had uh, relatives. I do have relatives that are actually in um, government for our local city. My cousin is um, Dr. Jimmy McCamey, who is actually one of the county commissioners. Oh, wow. Uh, my uncle, mm-hmm. my uncle, um, McGree McCamey, was previously holding this seat of um, District 2. Unfortunately, he passed in January. So mm-hmm. this is um, where the seat comes open now. Um, I've always been in a situation where I've been around people, been able to be in different groups, touching different circles within the community. So I feel like this is just something that I was born into, something that I was born to be. Um, My great grandmother, she is, you know, she was someone that was very instrumental in the community in District 2. Um, She's one of the first people to have a phone in her house. And at that time, that was, you know one of the first people to have a car she worked as a midwife um she's Mm. raised a lot of other children that weren't her own 
So just being a pillar of the community, that's something that is in my spirit, in my blood. That's something that I've always done. I've always been that person. I've been a doer. So being a doer is something that needs to be in this in this seat, a person that gets stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. So it's in your bloodline, community. <laughs> you were born into this. It's something that you clearly, you know, following in the legacy of your grandmother and being able to follow also in the legacy of your uncle and others, but also leading and blazing a trail of your own um, for for this new generation, I think is really important to highlight. So I know, you know, you know, I'm very passionate about mental health being from LaGrange as well. I'm kind of curious to know, you know, from your perspective, especially with this being a mental health podcast, what experience do you have with working with mental health? Um, with mental health, I've had experiences directly and somewhat indirectly. I previously worked with the LaGrange Housing Authority, which actually had a contract with the city of LaGrange and their accountability court. Okay. Um, with that accountability court, we provided transportation to and from their um, different drug screenings mm-hmm. and also their situations where they had to possibly meet with a therapist at the pathways um, sector that we have here. Um, So that indirectly gave me exposure to um, certain things. Um, Also, one thing that a lot of people may not know is my grandmother and grandfather also adopted or were foster care parents for some some people with mental disabilities or, um, you know, just possibly basic needs of mental health that they were needing. So we always came into contact with people of that nature. My uncle was also an employee of the Crawford Center, mm-hmm. um, which is on the old campus of West Georgia Technical College. He's also worked in worked with people with disabilities and things of that nature. So mental health has come, you know, back and forth within my life. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean, having that history, I can definitely understand why something like mental health and being able to address issues in mental health would be important to you. What are some of the key things that you're wanting to address in if you are elected in terms of mental health or mental health parity? I think what our um, the stigma with mental health is that we don't understand a lot of mental health. I think we come into mental health thinking that it has a look. Mental health does not have a look at all. It's almost we we kind of get naive with mental health, if, either if it's anxiety or depression. Um, people don't think that people think that depression has to be, oh, I'm going out, you know, mm-hmm. Some some depression, you can actually, you know, suffer in silence. I am one of those people that I suffer in silence because I come from a black culture where we don't talk to people about our problems. We go to church Mm. or whatever happens in our house stays in our house. And even whatever happens in your room stays in your room. You don't discuss different things, you know, with adults. You don't bring up issues that you may have because we just don't understand how to talk about them. So with mental health. The first key I feel like is just the talk. That's one of the first steps for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mental health is something that we just don't know how to categorize. So it's something that we run away from. If we can't put it in a a box, we run away from it. So I think those are the issues that we fall into in a city that, you know, we have a great population, but there's also uh, a situation that we don't understand what mental health is because we want it to have a look and it doesn't have a look at all. Yeah, absolutely. So what what do you think about the current state of like mental health in LaGrange and the current services or rather access to services in LaGrange? 
the current services or um, access that we have, it, it is a struggle. We are suffering. Um, we just need more manpower. We need more money power. We need okay. more access. Um, just to be honest with you, I mean, the money makes it go a long way. You know, money makes you happy, but money is always a good help. Um, the mental health resources that we have are great resources. I'm a person that I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. I believe in repowering the wheel. And okay. that's funding. That's giving more support. That's giving all the access that we currently have. We have great programs that are locally for women, also men, but I just wish that we could flood more funding, flood more access, flood more employees, employment. And a lot of people don't realize this. I, I know a lot of people that have, um, in my age group alone, their therapists and their counselors, but they fail to come back here to our city and work for their Ouch. hometown because of <laughs> no shade, no shade, no shade. Oh, <laughs> we just don't give them the option to come back home because we just don't have the resources and, and the, the job appeal for them to come back. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping with this seat that I could bring some of my homegirls and homeboys back to work in this great city that, you know, they grew up in and, you know, that we keep flooding, flooding, you know, this workforce to help our mental health, you know, yeah. department. Awesome. Yeah. I felt a little bit attacked there. But it's okay. <laughs> I'm though. Sorry. It's all good. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't see half of LaGrange because I know half of LaGrange. So even if I live there, I wouldn't be able to. That's see so true. Them, so and that's another thing that's, that's another so thing that true. Us, so definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another thing that we have to think about when it comes to mental health is also like support for the people who are supporting them, like family and caregivers. Right. Like, how right. would you address that if you were elected for city councilwoman? Honestly, we I feel like they also need the counseling sessions. They also need the available resources. They also need a support team of their own. Our our support family members, they need that backing as well because they're pillars and who's going to be a pillar for a pillar when it, it goes down. So I feel like in that situation, everyone needs to be a circle of support for everyone, not just for that patient themselves, but just as, as an actual family, a, a circuit family for support for everyone. Um, I've seen many times where, you know, bills can't be paid because a caregiver can't get out and get a job. We need to make sure that there are available resources for that person to make sure that a utility bill, rent mm. is something that they don't have to worry about. Gas, food, you know, just those different supplemental items can actually go a long way with the, the family support. Right. Well, yeah, I think that you're you're definitely right. It has to be something that is a community effort and we have to look at the, the bigger picture. We have to look at everyone and everything involved. And if someone I have, you know, friends that have care of and family members who they have to take care of and it's hard for them right. to work, they have to drop down to part time and then it becomes a financial stressor. So I definitely think we you're definitely going in the right direction that I love to hear that, you know that particular direction that you're going in. So what steps would you take to um, ensure that, you know, there is specialized treatment? I know you mentioned bringing more people back. You know, there are some barriers right. to that, but what, right. what steps would you take to increase the availability of specialized treatment? Just as far as supporting different meeting supports, I feel like with the Army, um, with the military, they have different support issues 
different support sessions for people that you're getting deployed and your family needs this session. This is what's going to happen. This person may not be the same when they come back. This person may have a different outlook on life when they come back. Those different counseling sessions, just along for those family members, Mm -hmm. um, just giving them opportunities where maybe almost treating it like a home health, maybe a home health nurse could come in one or two days out of the week to give that person a break give that person, just give them air. Everybody is a happier person when they get a little sun in the system, when they get a little fresh air. And, you know, so even that, just giving them the opportunity to just take a break and get away from those situations. But we also need to make sure that their mental is in the right place as well. Um, Because mental health, not to say that it's contagious, but it is a domino effect. So, you know, we have to look out for those different things as well. You know, hopefully we can get something where, you know, different different counseling groups are able to pull those mm-hmm. people and give them more support, give them more training, you know, give them even close almost to certifications where they're able to go out and train other people. So just mm-hmm. giving them a more outlook on life, making sure that it's not a negative stigma with, you know, being a caregiver, because some people look at them as somewhere, oh, well, they did, they're just doing it for money. No, they're doing mm-hmm. it out of love and kindness of their right. heart. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's definitely something that needs to be highlighted because that that stigma is there. Oh, where you're only doing it because you want that check or you only want this. You know, we say that (laughs) she can't want her check. No, that check is not even that much if you really want to break it down. Because once you start looking at bills, once you start looking at the utilities, once you start looking at Mm -hmm. gas to get to, to where they have to go, medicine sometimes. I mean, food just alone, you have to eat. So, you know, it's exactly. a lot of things that get, you know, just shuffled around for their, due to their importance. Yeah, so. absolutely. So another key area, and I saw this a lot when I was working in Columbus, was people coming into the hospital or coming into different settings and they end up ended up going to the hospital because they were having a mental health emergency and ended up being placed in jail. Like as a city council person or as a councilwoman, how would you address that? What, what things would you do to ensure the people who need to be receiving mental health services aren't just taking the Sam Walker drive? And that is one of the key things that Miss um, Stacey Abram, who is our next governor, brought up in the forum here um, that our Law enforcement deals with a lot of mental Mm -hmm. health issues, Um, having to transport them and giving them some place to stay. Right. Unfortunately, the jail. Um, I feel as though this is something that we could definitely be one of the catalysts for this this type of test run. Mm -hmm. Having a local facility, we have a lot of abandoned meals that could be refurbished, um, that could be actually turned out into something of a facility of a rehabilitation situation. Um, And we we have the warming centers for the homeless. We have different avenues for our, you know, our domestic violence women. We have Harmony House. We have so many other things. But this should be something as a catalyst where we can have something of something of a rehabilitation rehabilitation center, something that's not just, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, padded doors and padded walls, but Mm -hmm. something where they can just adjust unto that, okay, this is the step here. We need you to get, we're going to get your stuff together. We're going to provide you the services. We're going to provide you the free counseling. We're going to provide you 
you know, maybe med- mm. medical needs that you may need. And then let's continue to step on out. Let's continue to step on out. Almost like a drug release program, but something of mental health on that terms. Because, mm. you know, putting them in jail for 72 hours, that's not going to cure the problem. And it, right. mental health is something that's not, we're not looking for a cure um, to, you know, kill mental health illness because that's something looked at as hereditary, something, you know, traumatic, something traumatic in their childhood. We're not looking for those cures. We're just looking for those buffers, those helps, those terms that we can actually make sure that someone is cared for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely a great way to go about addressing it and I know that having a place for them to go because a lot of people when they end up going to jail it literally you know they probably will see the psychiatrist at jail depending on how long Mm -hmm. they're there but like the 72 hour piece is like if they go to jail they may or may not be released within 72 hours depending on whether or not they make bond but with them being able to go to a hospital I think that that's very important so they get on the right medications and and things of that nature so having a facility like that I'm sure would be really helpful um for LaGrange as a whole so wow and you have to look at it when we I feel like if that's something that we bring into this city that's a catalyst and you know people look at funding okay this is something fresh this is something new I want to be involved in this I want to be you know I want my name on a building people Mm -hmm. you know as shallow as it sounds people want you know they want to be known for you know okay this is something that I was a part of you know so I mean, I think that would be something great, something new, um, because like I said, we are a city that's not being that proactive about mental health. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of just, you know, kind of seeing how it goes. And then, oh, okay, this is a situation. Let's try to attack it. But if we're acting, being proactive, this is something that we could definitely resolve. Yeah, absolutely. It really sounds like you have some great ideas for how to change the face of mental health in LaGrange. And, you know, I love definitely hearing that. How, um, I know you mentioned that having some connections to mental health in in regards to like, you know, maybe depression and and things of that nature. Have you experienced or had a family member that has experienced issues with mental health? I can personally say I have not, because like I said, unfortunately, my family is, you know, they're lock and key Um, Mm -hmm. there. We get those experiences where we kind of sit down and we talk about things. Um, I do recall having an aunt that um, a great aunt that maybe had about with schizophrenia. Um, So that may have been one of those issues there. Um, but like I said, unfortunately, not a direct contact, you know, maybe my own personal things where I may have been having an anxiety attack. And, you know, we don't look at mental health like we should. We don't die. Right. We don't dissect it. We're OK. I just had a crying moment. Let mm-hmm. me get over this and keep on going. Let me put my big girl panties on and keep on moving. Because unfortunately, black women don't. We're not allowed that time to cry. We're not allowed the times to have a moment. We have to kind of keep on going and don't stop. We have to continue to be mothers. We have to continue to be workers. So we really don't have that opportunity to have our moments and people console us and try to see what's going on and how they can fix those things. So I come from a long line of women that kind of pick it up and keep keep moving and you know we're not going to discuss it we're going to go on and keep going so that's you know people may not see it as a problem but that's something of a problem that is you know we we need to stop and think about things like that gotcha 
Yeah, absolutely. So with that Black woman archetype, how do you as a Black woman go about taking care of yourself and your mental wellness? I like to call what I say is this personal time is personal for me. So when I say it's personal for me, a lot of people understand, like, you know, I'm we're not, I'm not disconnecting myself from you right now, but it's, mm-hmm. it's personal right now. I got a lot of stuff I got to get going. I got mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I got to keep moving because unfortunately, I am a person that keeps a lot of irons in the pot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff going on, you know, working a couple of jobs here and there, you know, okay. mentoring a couple of kids, uh, basketball mom. We're currently on the road every other every weekend mm-hmm. you know basketball doesn't stop at this point it's fall ball spring ball summer ball so you know it's wow. pretty much all up in one so with myself I, I just have to take those personal times I have to be selfish you sometimes you have to be selfish because exactly. people will pull 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 and once they're full you're left empty so right. you have to definitely be careful as far as making sure that your mental state is on, on point because you could have a breakdown and, you know, mm. it's, it's a slippery slope at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to make sure you're taking care of yourself because yeah. a lot of times people, <laughs> especially being in a role like, you know, doing all that you do and also taking on running for a city councilwoman. And when you win, you're taking on other stuff right. on top of that and so right. you know it, it's just you also have to have your own balance because you have a lot that you want to be able to do for the city yeah. of LaGrange and Troop County as a whole and in order to be able to do that you're definitely gonna have to make sure you take care of yourself so right yeah make sure that you were doing that yeah. so so I know we spent a lot of time talking about the mental health aspect of what you do and some of the um, platforms that you're running on what are some other things you want to highlight as far as things you want to see change in LaGrange? Um, one of, well, one of the three of my platforms is smart policing. Um, this is something that is kind of dear to my heart. I had a cousin, um, that unfortunately he lost his life during a situation, um, where he was tased and it was raining and, you know, of course he was electrocuted to death. So I was probably about 10 or 12 when that happened. So there's something that's very dear to my heart as far as smart policing and making sure that the police that police this community look like us. And if not, then they understand the police, the people that they're policing. Um, smart policing is just making sure that you understand the demographic and the background of the area that you're um, that you're policing, knowing the children, up, you know, from being in elementary school on up because you typically keep the same policemen there. We rarely have other policemen, either they advance in the department Mm. to maybe detective, things of that nature, but we still know them. It used to be a time in District 2 that we knew policemen and we knew their work schedules. We knew who was on um, schedule. We knew who was working weekends and stuff like that because they were right. They were actively in the community, but we also need to expose some of our students that are in high school, expose them to working in this you know, in this career path, exposing them to getting into into this career path and making sure that maybe, hey, we can keep them here homegrown, mm-hmm. um, getting them homegrown. They advance further. You know, I actually have two students that were from my after school program of which Georgia Star. They started out as bike patrolmen. They were patrolling in the park um, oh, at Wiley. Cool. Um, you know, ended up one of them ended up you know, becoming a patrolman. The other was with the um, Department of Troop County, uh, the Sheriff's Department. So this is something that, you know, it, it's doable. 
We mm-hmm. just have to expose our children to different things other than football, basketball. We just have to expose and inspire them to be more than what's just leaving and not ever coming back. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's a great way to um, change the way that policing is done, especially in a city like LaGrange that has right. its roots in a lot of uh, stuff that I teach Strong about. Roots. <laughs> um, so. strong roots we have very strong roots because what we fail to realize is you know hereditarily that's how other races work if mm. their grandfather was a policeman their father's a policeman mm. and they become a policeman we don't we don't do that for some reason we don't keep the traditions of our families or our forefathers my grandfather was a brick mason none of my uncles are brick mason None of them. I have one that actually used to do it, but he no longer does it. So we've just killed an economic line within our family. And I mean, if my granddad would have saw my son and my nephews, he would have loved them to death because they are they are those type of children that they love to learn, like working outside, shooting guns and skinning squirrels and stuff. But unfortunately, that legacy of him being a brick mason kind of stopped with my uncles and it never got continued on. Wow. Yeah. So legacy, I'm I'm still hearing legacy a lot in terms of just kind of you and your family and um, just being able to carry on the legacy. Right. Of of where Mm -hmm. you come from. And I think because that's that's important. That's how every other every other culture works. Yeah. They continue. They continue what their parents start. And unfortunately, we don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of us can leave LaGrange. We have our reasons. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we have, we, and, you know, I, I applaud, I, you know, my God brother, he, he has gone on to Atlanta. He's um, successful. He works for the VA department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you, you're my cousin. You have gone on to do other great things, uh, author, playwright. So, you know, you're doing great things, but we just need to make sure that the legacy that our forefathers are leaving here continues yeah. to stay strong because we're we're slowly but surely losing land that, you know, our parents have owned in District 2 because of either eminent domain or our parents or our relatives just don't pay taxes on them anymore. Right. Yeah. And it's valuable, valuable land. And they have a lot of plans for District 2. But, you know. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot going on there. So you said you had two other platforms that you were running on. What are those? Uh, My other platform is Urban Movement. Urban Movement is pretty much just making sure that we are moving. We are fast forward moving just like any other district, just like any other city in the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, At one time in the 1960s, LaGrange was ranked number eight as far as population. Mm. We are still at 38,000. We are still 2022 and we're ranked at 30,000 as 35,000 as far as population. And that's Mm -hmm. because we had a great migration of people moving north, people moving west. Mm -hmm. But if you think about those people that could have stayed in what kind of city LaGrange would have been, because if you look at Noonan, Noonan has just within the 10 years has just, you know, expanded out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. We haven't made that same push or that same growth as Noonan has made and we could have but just you know unforeseen situations I'm not sure what they were caused but and I'm sure it's due to leadership but you know we are though we are a forward-thinking city and we just need to get to it um urban movement just making sure that district two you know continues to move in the 
you know, in the best way that they can. A lot of people in District 2, they want different things to come to District 2, entertainment, restaurants. But we also need to look at like District 2, we need to look like a city that wants those things, making mm-hmm. sure that, you know, the houses in our in this area are upkept, making sure that the landlords are, you know, making sure that the, this side of the district is beautified. We need beautification ideas. We need things that, you know, bring those developers into this city. Gotcha. And my uh, other platform is so entrepreneur support. Um, that's pretty much supporting our entrepreneurs locally here, making sure, you know, they have the capital that they need to survive, making sure, you know, that they have support from the city, making sure they have support from the community, things like that, because we have, you know, sole entrepreneurs here that are very successful businesses, but Mm -hmm. some are not. We need to give everyone an equal playing field. Oh, wow. Okay. So definitely some, some good stuff going on there as far as like, how you're hoping to help people move forward, the entrepreneurial yeah. aspect of it definitely being one of those that I think is really important um, in order to advance um, people. Because a lot of people, I know, especially with COVID, a lot of people are not wanting to go back into the plants. And I know that LaGrange is a very right. industrial town, but, you know, there's so right. much more to life for a lot of people than, than that. And right. a lot of people are getting outside of that now that, you know, we mm-hmm they've had the opportunity to do some different things. So, right. so definitely some, some really good stuff going on there and definitely a lot that you hope to be able to do once you're elected. And I definitely hope that, you know, that the people that are listening are able to connect with you and really um, figure out how they can show support for you. How can they do that? Well, I do have um, my Venmo, um, my cash app as well. My cash app is uh, dollar sign miss your type, and that's M I U R T Y P E. Mm-hmm. And my Venmo, um, let me make sure it is, make sure it's right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. So my Venmo is Maya, M A I Y A dash Dowell, D O W E L L. So again, my cash app is Miss M S your U R type T Y P E, and that's money sign before that. And um, my Venmo is Maya Dash Dowell. So if you're willing to support my campaign, we surely appreciate it because these signs ain't free, <laughs> these buttons ain't either. Um, but you know, just showing your support, sharing my post, um, sharing my lot. I go live every Friday night at 7.30. If you are able to join, um, come in and ask questions. I try to answer as much as I can within the 30 minutes. I don't want to hold anyone because, you know, Friday night lights are serious in the brain. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to hold you any longer than because I'm a football mom. Even though I don't, my son doesn't play football, I like to go to the football games and yell for my kids. So, you know. Um, any way you can just share a post. You can inbox me if you have questions as far as what's going on in LaGrange. Um, I'm always available. If you see me at Publix, which is my favorite store, Kroger and Publix, you know, okay. stop me. If you, yeah, if you need to talk to me, stop me. So, and okay. I just want to keep, you know, just the lines of communications. I'm a communicator. I'm a hugger and I'm a communicator. I'd mm-hmm. like to talk. I want to hear. I want you to back and forth. Don't sit and look at me talk. You know, give me, give me something. So. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that information on how people can connect with you. Is there anything else that you want the audience or the, the um, 
constituents of LaGrange <laughs> to uh, know about you and your... Um, I just, if you're wanting someone to stick up for District 2 and make sure that District 2 advances as well as the second district, make sure you elect me as your city councilwoman. Um, early voting starts October 10th and election day is November 8th. If you have any questions or concerns, always follow my Facebook page, which is Vote Maya Dow for City Councilwoman, or my personal Facebook page, which is Maya Dow. As I said, I go live every Friday night at 7.30. So if you're there, don't be square. Give me some information, ask some questions, and I'll try to get my information to you as soon as possible if I don't know the answer. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. Definitely wishing you good luck on this race. I already know you got it in the bag, but I just want to make sure that everyone gets out to the polls. Start with your early voting on October the 8th. And then make sure you guys make it to the polls if you are not able to do so before during the early voting period. Until next time, uh, uh, just make sure that you guys continue to take care of yourself. Thank you so much, Maya, for coming. Thank you so much for sharing and being a part of this platform as well as just being able to educate people about what you're wanting to do in LaGrange. And really, I really applaud you for what you do. I'm grateful for what you do. um, Thank you so much. just keep doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring others to to give back and be a part of the community in, in the way that you're able to do that. So thank, thank you for what you so you're much. Doing. Awesome. All right, guys, you are heard. Make sure you guys get out and vote. Also, make sure you guys follow me, Treaty LPC, on all social media platforms under the handle Treaty LPC. Until next time, be safe, be well, and make sure that you take care of your mental health.